Welcome to the fifth quarter, Conversations Beyond the X's and O's with Layson Perkins and Jeff Osterman. If you haven't heard us before, if you're not familiar with us, we're basically two coaches who like to get together and talk about a variety of things. We talk about basketball. We talk about leadership. We talk about books. We talk about bourbon. We talk about barbecue. Anything else we talk about, Jeff? Family, kids. Yep. And, uh, and today, I'd like to start talking golf because – I've got a new passion and I can't wait. Super. So please, if you if you find this 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 episode and, and what we're doing here of any value, please like, please subscribe to the podcast and, and help spread the word about us. So uh so yeah, let's get started. Jeff, I, I'm I am not a golfer. I have really, you know, no interest. I'd rather just hang out at the clubhouse and, and drink while everybody else is sweating their, you know, out there on the on the uh on the greens. But uh Okay, ex- explain to me what is going on with this LIV thing and, and why is it so, I, I guess, um, chaotic? It's really interesting that, you know, golf in its most basic form is so much tradition and how everything has always worked. Thus, it will always be done the same way. So here pops Saudi money, which is... Uh, questionable and everybody's feelings. And they started via Greg Norman, Phil Mickelson, some big names with the LIV tour. And uh, right now it's really, really becoming a battle. In the beginning, I asked a couple friends, if you're the PGA, what would you do? And most of them said, nothing will survive. It's, you know, it's a flash in the pan. Well, LIV is paying people outrageous money. The basis is you have much more time off that you're not playing every weekend like you would on the PGA. And and to be honest, they've gotten a lot of big names. They've gotten Sergio Garcia, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Koepka. Um, the, the thing that just hit, they got David Faraday as – who's one of the, the best commentators. But do you know who is having a meeting today with LIV? Is it Charles Barkley? Charles Barkley. Like, again, I give them credit for how do you attack the old regime? Well, money motivates, like we all know, but they are going after some big names. And imagine if they get Charles Barkley. Obviously, he's not the best in studio he's not the best but he has followers and that uh, they're putting a dent into things right now and um and basically if you play liv the pga has banned you so you're no longer invited there are some events that you can still be in because they're not run by the pga but the big one today that got announced um the european captain for the Ryder cup Heinrich Stenson is now joining, which means he'll be out of the Ryder Cup. You know, so my biggest question, if you're the PGA, who does a lot with their money in terms of charity, their purses are nowhere close. The players aren't getting paid. If you're the PGA, Layson, what do you do to to fight this off? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is you're you're probably going to have to wage an intense public media, almost psych psychological warfare campaign, talking about 
the history and the benefits of the PGA, because this is a major disruptor. The only thing I can think of that is closest to this, and maybe I'm wrong here, was the USFL back in the, back in the 80s, getting the really good players, you know, like Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. Herschel Walker, instead of going to the NFL, goes to the USFL. Of course, you got Donald Trump behind it. So, you know, let, you know I don't want don't to get that conversation going. But I think for the PGA, you, you have to be worried because this is a disruptor. And if they don't become proactive instead of reactive, now they go the way of Nokia. They go the way of Blockbuster because you've got somebody coming in and disrupting their entire model and possibly attracting a younger set of fans. Because let's be, let's be real. The average PGA fan is up in years. And so you have a chance now to capture a whole new market right as they're young, create loyalty, and, and, and build from there. Agree, disagree? I agree. I think the PGA thought they could fight this off, but it's a fight right now. Uh, I think people have questions because of the Saudi. So if I'm the PGA, I'm going to bring up America, the red, white, and blue. Yep. But now I think they do have to come to some compromise. They do have to give more money to their players because it's a stage where they're going to keep plucking off. And eventually you're going to say, you know what? I can work half the time, make tenfold the money. Okay, why not? And I think what the PGA was hoping is that no one would bite because of the tradition. And I think even if you you roll out Jack and, you know, he talks about what it is and what it means to be a part of the PGA, that's great. But as you mentioned, the average viewer is older. So I think they're going to have to really compromise. I think whatever they did, just standing back is not working because they're plucking players away. It seems like it's almost, almost parallel to the great resignation that's going on in the economy with people leaving jobs and, and deciding that they don't want to, you know, to have the stress of the nine to five or the, you know, the, the, the things that the old workplace, you know, was designed to do, you know, it's this, it's just this rebellion against, that model. And so, um, you know, what, yeah, what, what do you do next? And, you know, I don't think, yeah, they're, they're not going to go down without a fight. Let's, let's, let's be, you know, let's, let's be honest. It's, it's going to be an interesting, and really how do they spin it? Cause I mean, you know, I, I know this may sound crass, but in my mind, I'm thinking, Hey, look, if the Saudis are spending their money on this, at least they're not spending it on terrorism. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but then you then spin it to where you've really got, to, like you said, it's almost got to put it on that. You know, well, look, look who else the Saudis have spent money on, or look, wow. you know, look at what they represent versus the, you know, Anglo Americans. So, I mean, you know, I think you got to drag the British into this as well, obviously, you know, with the British Open and, you know, European tour and, and, and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting development over, over the next couple of weeks. And, and then who's the, who's the next big detractor? Who's the next big defector that jumps? I mean, I mean, let's, I mean, let's throw it out there. What happens if Tiger leaves? It's true. And, you know, and Tiger has said 
No one knows how much money, but they said it was ungodly. Of course, if you're going to start, you know, the Perkins Golf Tour, he would be number one. But what the PGA is, old regime, but in today's world, things have changed. It's, it's like you and I spoke about the NIL. Athletic directors used to raise money for new locker rooms, new facilities. Now you see so many resigning, retiring because the coaches say, hey, we don't have enough money for our players, NIL. Texas Tech football, I think, just talked about $25,000 for every player on the football team. So if you're the athletic director who's in charge of raising money, well, you only have so many boosters, so many deep pockets, but now you're hitting them up for other things that I don't know if you can go to that bank anymore. And, you know, the flip side of it is, you know, guys and gals, they used to be in the gym working on their game, doing different things. Now, what they're really worried about, a lot of people tell me, is that instead of in the gym working on their shot, they're in the community hustling, working for NIL deals, you know, and uh, I don't know who it was, but I thought this was brilliant. You know, maybe even if you're an Olympic sport or something, take less money, take, you know, $500 for an NIL commercial or support of something, but make it for a 20-year contract, something low. Because when you graduate college, now you're still getting paid. I don't think you need the million dollars, but if you can start all of a sudden getting a check, why not? And uh, But I, going back to golf, it's, it's, it's the new world. The NIL is a new world, the transfer portal. You know, it all relates that you have to adjust. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's talk about NBA Summer, NBA Summer League. Uh, since we've last talked, the, the, the finals have, have occurred. Golden State is now the new champion. Summer League has been played in Vegas. Um, you know, one thing that kind of came to my mind is, is the summer league still valid? And, and here's what I mean. Let's look at the number of players injured that, that get injured in summer league competition. You know, the first, maybe a first round draft pick or somebody, and I, I want to say it happened that, that some teams draft pick got injured or was, is out for the, you know, is, is pretty much out for the year. What is the risk reward for having those players play in summer league versus getting physically and mentally ready for the NBA before training camp occurs? I'm a fan. Uh, I was hoping the Knicks would be summer league champions. It's, I know it's petty and small, but I, I learned they had championship rings. Um, I'm a fan. I think, Viewing it from two sides, and, and I'll address the injury question because there was someone that's hurt and out for the year ACL. But one, for your second-year guys that didn't play, that you need a bigger role or you need to see what they have, I think it's great. I think it's a chance for the rookies to go out there, kind of figure things out, you know, the NBA, it's a great deal. Uh, 
JC and I talked, we want to go out to Vegas and just watch games all day. They've made it into something really, really special. But like Orlando did with Banchero, he played a couple games, to your point, and they shut him down like we've seen enough. But I think it's a chance to take a look at different guys in different roles and put them up there and say, hey, Layson, you know, I need to see you shot fake, put it on the floor, get to the rim. I know you're a shooter, but can you do more? And you can do all the drills, but if you can't prove it on a big stage, so I'm a fan. I think it's great. You can turn it on TV and, and catch games all day. Well, I mean, a perfect example of what you just said is what Trey did this summer. You know, that, that was a big emphasis for him was putting it on the floor and being able to get to the rim and possibly get, you know, getting fouled. So now, you know, you've got, a, you know, a player that, sh- that shoots over 90% from the foul line, you know, getting a chance to score additional points, you know, when he's being run off the run off the arc. So I, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, getting the, getting those bench players more minutes, but again, where does, at what point do you shut it off? And now you, you look at the guys that you want to possibly, you know, keep, you know, and, 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 and sign for, versus risking that, that number one pick or that high pick. And uh, yeah. And he's got, he, he's got an injury that's, you know, hopefully recovers quickly. If not, you know, possibly has, potentially damage him for the rest of his career. And I think it's a chance besides looking at guys for two-way contracts and things like that, but also in the mind, there's still free agency. There's still trades that if they're looking to move Trey Murphy, his stock's high right now. So selfishly, I think the club could say, Hey, let's highlight a couple guys like the Knicks, do the Knicks end up making a trade still right now? Well, they had a couple guys. Grimes played great, you know, and who are they going to include? So I think from the team point of view, not only can the coach look at things and evaluate, but the GM can say, hey, we're going to showcase Trey Murphy and see that we move his stock up in case we need to make a trade. So in essence, this is really about, okay, who are we going to package to either get Durant or, or Kyrie, basically, or if LeBron decides to, to get out of, up out of uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> I don't know if I speak for all Nick fans. I speak for my brother and I. I don't want Kyrie, and I don't want KD. Um, you know, I like our young guys. I like Summer League. You know, I watched them play. Um, but I like it to see the transition from college and uh, I really enjoy it. And I think me as a fan, I could go out there for a few days. It's in the perfect city. There's enough to do. But literally, you can sit. I'm sure they have tickets for the whole summer league, go back and forth. Like, what a great time that would be. Yeah, no, I, I think it's something I think we, as a basketball person, you should ex- need to experience. I, I, I've missed out on opportunities. I've been out in Vegas before for coaching you, but I'd never stayed for the games, you know, so uh, definitely a reason to, to get out there and, and experience that, you know, in the future. So, um, so when you, when we're not watching games and, and right now and we're kind of filling up our time, you know, there's always some activities that you and I, we love to uh, engage our minds with reading and, and podcast listening 
what are you reading right now? What are, what are some maybe some podcasts you're, that you're listening to that you like or books that you're reading? Anything that's really jumped out that you recommend? Yeah, I think the summer is so great for coaches, for people. You know, I think if there's one word, it's a recharge that for me, I, I really look in the mirror, things I want to get better at and and I can do it. I, you and I both agree the biggest and best way to learn, or one of them, I should say, is just reading. So there's so many things. And um, so my my goal was 52 books for this year. And I think as of now, I'm close to unscheduled between reading and audiobooks. Um, so my podcasts have suffered a little bit. But uh, I just, uh, the summer's just great because you can really plan so much. Um, recently, uh, the Nick book, uh, Blood in the Garden, anybody that was a Nick fan in the 90s or NBA, it's a tremendous read, just great insights between Riley's teams going to Nelson to Van Gundy and insights from Ewing to Oakley. Uh, it was great. It, it had high expectations and they were exceeded. Um, I've read a book called The Golfer's Carol. Uh, it's by Robert Bailey. So if you think of the Christmas Carol and the lessons, it went through golf and it talked. Uh, I won't ruin it, but the main character got a chance to play around with his four heroes and they impacted his life. And then probably the last one that got me uh, over the top, it's called Six Months to Live by a man named Artie Boyle who lives up in Boston and his son plays for the Penguins. Artie had cancer and all the tests, MRIs, documented everything. And uh, he went over, he was great faith. He went to Medjugorje. He was coming back. And um, it just talks about the miracle. The cancer left his body. It is totally gone. I had lunch with him this summer when I was in Cape Cod. And anyone wants to read a book, you're not feeling sorry for yourself and, and having great faith. Artie Boyle, six months to live. It was tremendous. But how about you? You're, you're like a walking library. You know every book, every author. Fill me in. Well, yeah, I know them. I don't necessarily get to read them fully, but, um, you know, I, I do try to stay informed. Um, you know, one book I started and I still need to, um, you know, I still need to finish is the one that you gave me a couple of months ago about the, um, the owner of the club down in Savannah, uh, Jesse Cole, Finding Your Yellow Ducks. That's an amazing story you know, of what he's accomplished and just the, you know, I guess the courage to, to go completely against the norm, you know, of what, of what minor league baseball is supposed to be like and, and really create this experience. And um, I, you know, I was talking to my neighbor who's a baseball fan and, and you know, we actually have one of the, the teams in that league here in the area in Holly Springs, you know, and we were, we were saying that, you know, we need to, to, um, go see Savannah play when they come up here, but then we need to return and go to Savannah, 
But I, I want to say that the tickets are already sold out. I know they were sold out for this year really quick. And I, I you know, I guess we need to get on the, the, the wait list for, for next year. But that, it, it, that just seems like an amazing – and I'm not a baseball fan. I, I am just not a baseball fan, but it just seems like that place is an amazing experience. And, and you touched on it, right? Against the norm, outside the box, and maybe you're that small college that needs a niche. And the Savannah Bananas, you could YouTube it. The things they do, they now appeal to people that are not true baseball fans. And it's, I think you can get so much from marketing yourself, doing things a little different and standing out, the yellow tucks. And, uh, but that's a good one. What else have you been? So I've also have gone back and just looking through, I, I, this is one I I downloaded the other day. It's, it's, it just came out called the extended mind, the power of thinking outside the brain by Annie Murphy, Paul. And the premise of this book is that when we think of, when we think of thinking, we think everything occurs, you know, within our brain, within the inside of our head. But thinking is actually more than that. It is, it, it is your, you know, the physical movement of your body. It is your environment. It is the people that you, um, you know, you talk to and you you collaborate with. And uh, I'm about twenty five percent into it, but it's um, it's fascinating. It really kind of got me to kind of, you know, reconsider, you know, the, that definition and and think about, you know. What are some of those ways that I can maybe improve my thinking? You know, and, and one is just it talks about the whole idea of, you know, of walking and moving. And, you know, how many times have you been on a walk and you come up with this brilliant idea or something just immediately kind of comes to mind, you know, on that walk? It, it's so much that and I think it comes down as someone getting older more so, I want to be a learn it all. I may know certain things that I believe in, but I want to hear different views. And hopefully, I'll be even more convinced that my way works for me or family. But I love hearing different points, you know, on how to do things. Why do you do that? Have you ever thought of doing it a different way? Exactly. Exactly. So I'd say those are the big two. Um, as a part of our the research that you or I are doing, and I guess that at some point we might want to announce our, our, our top secret project that we're involved in, uh, I went back and, and just kind of re, uh, reviewed some of the notes from my books on John Boyd, uh, the Air Force uh, pilot who was very instrumental in developing part of our um, – some of our, our, our warfare strategies, especially for the Gulf War, but also developed the, the ODA loop, uh, observe, orient, decide, and attack, which has been used in, in, in a couple of different ways. But, um, you, you know, the other one, which, again, part of the research was, um, went back to a familiar name, John Feinstein uh, in the Legends Club. You know, I completely forgot about that book, and I thought I, thought I had a copy of it, but I didn't, but uh, started to, to read that one. And, of course, the the, the story and the relationship of Dean Smith, Jim Valvano, and uh, and Coach K. What uh, man, man, what a wonderful time that was for for us fans here in the Triangle of, of basketball when when those three were were on the court. Yeah, that was a great read. I enjoy most everything he's written, and it's 
it's the same thing, you know, like I wasn't around to watch Babe Ruth play. So I kind of rely on stories, but you know, if it's those three coaches, you know, that that's during our era, that if it's Larry Bird, that I got to see Jordan and Bird in their prime, you know, and there'll be some that I don't see, but John does a great job and uh, I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. If, if, if anybody's listening that happens to know John, please tell him we would love to have him as a guest here on this podcast and, and love to hear some of the stories of, of his, uh, of his writing. I mean, he, again, he's written on golf, he's written on baseball. He just, uh, just one of the best. I mean, probably the, the standard when it comes to sports writing, at least in the, in the, within the last 20, 20 years. Would you make him ribs if he comes on? Would you get on the smoker? If that's what he would want, I, I would. I'll buy the beverages. You get on the smoker. John, the offer's official. Yes. Yes. And, and, and you know, again, it's, it's, it's official. It's, it's public. So, um, so with the books, you know, it's obviously one thing to read the books. It's another thing to, to take these ideas and concepts and then apply them and, and to, to try to find a way to incorporate them into your, into your lifestyle, into your, into your philosophy. I know for me personally, a lot of times I'm scribbling down different ideas and different thoughts that I pick up from books. And uh, a couple that I found that I, w- I was going to share tonight. And again, I wish I could remember where I saw this. I, I want to say maybe it was a tweet, but it is fight as if you're right. Listen as if you are wrong. How often do we flip it around and do it the other way around? Fight as if you're right. Listen as if you're wrong. Yeah, you and I talk about, and especially maybe it's an age thing, not enough people listen anymore. It seems lost. No matter what it is, everybody has all the answers. And we're of a generation when we sat in the corner at the table and listened to coaches and just wrote things down and we learned. We just learned. You know, we're both fathers, we both have, you know, we son. You have a son in high school. I have a son getting ready to go into high school, and sometimes I worry that because of the dependence so much on their devices to communicate, that they're not learning how to truly listen. And, and you know, going back to the, the Covey principle: seek first to understand, then be understood. How, how does how do you feel on that? Yeah, and what happens if the message or the video? is above 20 seconds. Well, they're done. They've turned it off. They've moved on where, oh, did you listen to that? Did you finish it? No, I skimmed it. No, it's it's scary. And I know you have to adapt. We just talked about that with NIL and uh, the golf. But I think there's, there's some things you have to hold sacred. And how do you get to know someone? You listen to them. You listen to their heart, you you understand, you have empathy. But if you don't have time, you're never gonna understand people. It's all gonna be surface bullshit that you won't you won't truly get people. No, and you won't. And then, you know, it it obviously comes off that, you know, with you know, with your body language and, and just your, you know, your tone that, you know, it's you know, you're, you're, you're listening to respond versus listening to truly understand. So um, quotes, piece of wisdom, anything that's jumped out uh, for you lately? 
I've got a couple funny ones, then I'll give you one. So this could apply to to anybody. I shared it with you. Um, I've seen white crayons more useful than you are. And it's, I don't know where I saw it. It was on Twitter. It just made me laugh. I always remembered, you know, just uh, the box of Crayola. But this one was really good. I don't know who said, oh, no, this is Mark Twain. Each place has its advantages. Heaven for the climate and hell for the society. <laughs> and and I did the same thing. I really just laughed. And I was like, Mark Twain. Wow, he was ahead of it. Um, here's one that has stuck with me, though. Right is still right, even if no one else is doing it. And wrong is still wrong, even if everyone else is doing it. And I think that kind of touches even on yours. It's, are you going to be that voice? Because I think it's Lou Holtz. We all know the difference between right and wrong. Choose right, don't choose wrong. But even if you're the only one with teenage boys, you know the difference between right and wrong. Exactly, exactly. You know, going back to social media, and this, again, I, I I want to say I got this from a from a book. Uh, it's it's by a former FBI officer who talks about body language and communication. I, I want to say this is from a blog, and um, when I find it out, we'll post it on uh, we'll post it on our uh, Twitter uh, when our Twitter accounts. But basically, the question he asked was, "Am I being a me former or an informer?" And basically, what that means is that, and, and I didn't realize this is actually from a from a study, researchers at Rutgers University found that only 20% of us are informers on social media, while the other 80% are me-formers. What exactly is a me-former? A me-former is users who post social media updates mostly relating to themselves versus informers, users who post updates that are mostly information sharing. And how does this relate to followers? Informers had more than two times the followers of me-formers. It would seem that sharing information on social media is better for your follower account than sharing about yourself. That's interesting. It is. I mean, we both have talked the dangers of social media. It's always the perfect sunset, the perfect meal, the perfect outfit, which is all crap. But I love, and and we're lucky we're the, able to, but again learning so much from Twitter, getting people's thoughts or watching basketball plays. It's endless. You know, I think younger coaches missed out on some of the legends and learning from them. But right now you can get a lot of things from social media. You know, you have to have a little filter, but I really think it's a wonderful learning tool. No, oh, it, it, it is. And, and of course with, you know, I, I certainly understand in this day and age the need, you know, for some, you know, for a lot of young people to, you know, to to use it as a way to promote themselves. And again, I just think there has to be a balance. Obviously, for programs, again, it's about promoting your brand, and you know, I, I totally get that. And of course, you know, now NIL, you know, adds a whole new complexity to it. And so, uh, again, just being, you know, being able to be adoptable and, and make changes as. Uh, you know, as you see fit. So, uh, all right, well, look, we're, we, we've gotten to the point now where, again, you know, it's, uh, 
with the summer, there's it seems to be a tradition of, you know, wanting to to cook out. So so Jeff Ostman, what is on the grill and what is in the glass? Well, this it's been kind of boring for me for a while um, because there hasn't been much because Jeff Osterman's decided to diet. Um, you know, you get into your 50s. It's not as easy to take it off. So we're at 33 pounds and counting. Congratulations. Excellent, excellent work. It is. I enjoyed my vacation. So... For the grill, really, it's become just grilled chicken and salmon. Uh, I haven't really done a lot of steaks, a lot of burgers and ribs, and I can't wait to get back to it. So, uh, but for me, I needed to go cold turkey. And uh, but I lived through you. I lived through you and uh, and you sending me pictures and. Uh, I get on the Peloton or go outside for a walk and uh, tell me what you've been making. Well, you know, I, I have to admit, I, I have probably done you know, too much picanha lately and, and tri-tips, you know, on the grill and the smoker. But I mean, you, you're, your success ha- has inspired me to want to, you know, take better care of myself and, um, you know, we join the, join the Y, uh, rejoin the Y here. So, planning to, to get over now a couple times a week and, and, and walk and, and, uh, you know, get on the treadmill and, and take better care of myself. So, uh, you'll probably see a lot of grilled chicken and salmon from, you know, and Turkey from, you know, Turkey from me now and, and not as much red meat, but, uh, I'm but, a you bad know, influence on you because oh, you've been a horrible our influence listeners on me. And no, because <laughs> I'll send lace and barbecue sauces and rubs and just, uh, cause one he's my man and two, he appreciates it and has such knowledge. Jim Boone's got nothing on Layson Perkins. We're going to have a contest. Layson, I'm lucky to be on his team. It's called the Blind Pig. And uh, someday Boone's going down. But uh, no, you know when someone loves stuff and experiments and uh, there's none better. So I've got, uh, I don't know, 20 more pounds to go and, and then I'll be back. Hey, I'm ready for Boone to come on this, come on the, the podcast. And it's almost like last guy with the pen wins. Mm-hmm. It's going to be kind of that, that, that back and forth of, okay, you know, aluminum foil versus butcher paper when, when you're wrapping briskets, you know, slow and low versus, you know, high temp, you know, <laughs> rub, you know, rub or no rub on, you know, or on ribs, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. We'll have a whole new audience on that. We'll cross over. We'll have a challenge. We got Dan Murphy on our team. Anyone yep. else wants to join the Blind Pig? Um, Chef Perkins will uh, look at your resume. Uh, right now, I think Murph and I, we're the prep chefs, and uh, well, hopefully he won't cut us. But uh, when I did go on vacation up to Cape Cod, um, I did start to enjoy drinks again. My problem was when I'd go drink, I'd come home and eat. I'd have the midnight snack. I'd have the two-for-one upside breakfast. But uh, So on Cape Cod, I did Grey Goose Transfusions, which uh, ginger ale, grape juice. But here's my tip of the day. Um, go with a splash of grape Gatorade. Makes Ooh. a difference. 
you know, and I will accept all tips from uh, Gatorade, but I now will sometimes not even do the grape juice, just go with grape Gatorade. And, uh, and so that was my summer drink of choice. Well, it's uh, one of my usual drinks of choice that I enjoy, but knowing you, I'm thinking lace and bourbon, whiskey, both. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of both lately. Um, you know, still, you know, occasional Uncle Nearest, um, and of course, the great story of 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 of, of Nearest Green and, and his contribution to uh, American spirits and and and, and distillation. Um, always the Buffalo Trace, and any time anything from the Buffalo Trace family, I'm enjoying. But uh, you know, I am also trying to make sure that I do you know, drink more water and, you know, and, and hydrate well. And I have discovered now, um, and I just ordered some recently and have, have loved it. I think it's going to replace uh, any type of Gatorade or Powerade that I drink. But uh, Matt Flynn, the, the former LSU uh, quarterback and former NFL quarterback, has started his own company called My High. And has they basically have their own uh, electrolyte mix. Uh, that they sell. So I just ordered a, 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 a couple packets recently and, and been drinking it and love it. So uh, I got both the, the mixture for the uh, water bottles and then the frozen pops. So, uh, you know, when, when Jack's out playing here in the sun and, you know, he's been outside, he'll, you know, he comes in and grabs one of the frozen pops and, and has that as well. So, uh, you know, definitely with this high heat that's going on, have to have to stay hydrated. I don't know what you're talking about. It's awful chilly here in Orlando. I think, <laughs> you know, real field today was 107. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – and, and and we've never spoken about this. But I don't know what the brand is, but I have some of those packets. I actually have it in front of me, uh, different electrolytes beyond just the water. So uh, I'm anxious. My high. I'm all about it. Yeah, now I, you know, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Liquid IV because you know I, I did have, uh, I did get COVID back in uh, June, and so I was drinking a lot of that in order in order to stay hydrated uh, and everything. So uh, you know, shout out to, to Liquid IV, but uh, you know, of course, got to su- got to support a tiger, you know, and and, and you know, and, and support uh, you know former LSU athletes in, in in whatever way I can. Obviously, I'm not donating money right now to NIL deals. Maybe one day I can, but uh, <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> that would be a good, a good thing. So that's, that would be the pinnacle of if I've made it, I think I've told you before is that, you know, if I ever won the lottery or accumulate a, a large sum of money, the first check I'm writing is to the Tiger Athletic Foundation. So <laughs> hear that football team. There's your cornerback. <laughs> you got him. So I'll give you the good news and the bad news today. I'll lead with my bad. Okay. The annual right of I got my official, sorry, you did not get tickets to this year's Masters. It's an annual right every year. Jeff Osterman gets declined from the lottery for the Masters. So if anybody has a connection, Jeff Osterman would love to go to the Masters. That is on my bucket list. I've done done a lot of the big, big ones. The Masters is number one. But turn that frown upside down, and I am now the proud owner, Section 103, February 5th, to Bruce Springsteen in the Orlando Amway Center. 
that uh, I got on the good lottery list and had to jump through hoops this morning, but uh, got four tickets, 20th row to Bruce Springsteen coming to Orlando. So uh, it's a good day. Very nice. Very nice. You know, you, you, it's almost that time of year where we will now be changing, putting on a, a different game face, so to speak, as college football approaches. And should we go ahead and kind of start talking about October 8th now and, and maybe kind of lay in some side bets? Or do we wait until we get a little bit closer and we get a little, little bit better feel of, of, of how our teams are doing? think we could save that for another day but right now the Tennessee Vol offense I'm not going to talk defense but our offense boy it's going to be fun it's paid off in recruiting that they are off to an incredible start for the next couple years it's you know he's selling like the yellow tuxedo an offense because how are you ever going to really beat Alabama Georgia some of the traditions But he's saying, hey, come to the circus. Look at this offense. Wouldn't you want to be part of this offensive lineman? You want to get your stock up for the NFL? Come to the Vols and and we'll showcase you. You know, and defensively, you're going to be exhausted because you're on the field the whole game. But uh, his approach is kind of just like we talked with the Savannah Bananas. Interesting. Interesting. Last thing, ACC, I guess media day was today. I, I didn't get the full story on this, but there was a quote where the the commissioner said something to the effect of all options are on the table. What do you think that really? means? Yeah. Is the something ACC still lines. a conference? Are they still a conference? Well, before we know. started recording, maybe they are. I, I, um, maybe, maybe, maybe they're not. I mean, it's the, it's the fear that – there are some teams that are about to bolt. Interesting because this is where I think, and and you've heard Florida state, you've heard Clemson, you've heard Virginia tech, you've heard North Carolina. Now again, shishevsky has gone, but we haven't heard Duke of being maybe poached by some of these conferences. Um, But I think, you know, if you're an AD right now and you're not talking to somebody about dancing, you're at the wrong party because I believe everybody's talking. You know, it's the Big Ten. Give them credit. They made a, a, a nice hit with the two L.A. schools. Notre Dame still the golden goose. Um, you know, and this was the thing when we had them in the Big East and the American and they They were in it except for football. And it was Gino that said, if we just tell Notre Dame they're not in it, either they're all in or they're all out, someone needs to do it because their other sports will not survive. Football will survive. But how does Notre Dame's women's tennis survive without a conference? They can't. You know, and if we're going to talk about student athletes, which that term's now going away, when you have UCLA, you know, softball going a couple time zones to play midweek, you're not caring about the student athletes. I know it's football driven. It's money driven. Um, I, I'm, I agree the wheel's not stopping that 
I think Florida State's on the move. I think Clemson's on the move. Let's write it down, Layson. Who's the next team to move? I'm going to say Florida State. I'm going to say Florida State with Miami, possibly second. Okay. So you have small college town, Tallahassee. You have huge Miami. Crystal ball, where are they going? I think they both go to the SEC. Okay. Those teams are off the board. I'll take the Clemson Tigers because they're looking around the room and they're saying there's going to be nothing attractive to dance with. NIL, money, TV contract. I'm, I'm saying they're going to the SEC. Small college town, football's king, Clemson to the SEC. And it would make sense because you get Texas and Oklahoma going into the SEC West, potentially. And you Florida, Florida State, Miami going into the East. Now, if that were to hold, I mean, and this is where we need Matt Brown to come back on and, and talk and talk to us about all this. But could you imagine the SEC West with Oklahoma, Texas, LSU, Bama, Auburn? Uh, <laughs> but, th- but then you have Georgia with Florida State, with Clemson, with Miami in the East. I mean, you know, nothing against your Vols, but, you know, all of a sudden it just – uh, it just it, it just makes for interest. It certainly makes for interesting barstool conversations. Let's put it that way. Well, my vols, I'll remind you, get stuck playing or have the honor of playing Alabama, Georgia, Gators all the time. But I mean, honestly, forget TV contracts. That's pay per view. Huh. That is, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, look, right. it's, it's already going to be pay per view with with uh, when um, when Nick. Uh, Plays against Jimbo this year, so uh, uh, you know unless they unless they truly buried the hatchet, which I which I doubt is the case. <laughs> There's not a chance. All right, Layson, let's close with thought provoking questions. I want you to pick a number from one to sixty five, and I'm going to throw the question. You have no idea that's coming. I'm all right. I'm gonna go with sixty four. All right, sixty four. If you had a real-life Jiminy Cricket, what would he be telling you right now? Jiminy Cricket, Disney, what's he on your shoulder telling you? And I didn't know that question was coming. Do you want me to go first? or I'm gonna He's probably telling me to put that glass down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think what he's telling me to do is um, ease up. You know, I, I I can be you know I, as a dad, I can you know, I can be a little a little hard at times. So I, I think he's yeah, I think he's telling me ease up. Then he's probably telling me now, now put the glass down. <laughs> I'm saying Jiminy's telling me go. We you and I have spent a few days together. Yes, and I think he's telling me to go. You know, Rocky, go for it. That we have some things that. Uh, just are great uh to our listeners i i spent a few days up in the triangle uh Layson turned me on a crazy allen's emporium if you ever want a pen a pad of any sorts it, it'd be crazy we got to get starkey there coaches that like pens i mean they've got everything so allen by the way is a new york yankee 
but it is a great place in Chapel Hill to go check out. But uh, we had some great talks. Layson is one that just inspires. And uh, we had our thinking caps and playing devil's advocate. So uh, I think he's on my shoulder telling me, let's do it. Let's go. I agree. And we've got some we've got some great things coming up. I, I, I truly believe that. We've got guests coming up. I mentioned a little bit earlier a project that we're both very excited about and, and looking forward to being able to share more as we go here. So, uh, you know, we hope that we'll have more coaches and not just coaches, you know, leaders, anyone who, who's interested in growing and developing and providing value, you know, to join us on this journey and, and sharing our knowledge and, and wisdom and connecting with others. It is. They just uh, come along for the ride, subscribe, like, Come along on this journey with us. It's it's going to be one heck of a ride. Coaches, again, thank you so much for being a part of this episode of the fifth quarter, Conversations Beyond the X's and O's.